right, uh, some Beastie Boys for Curtis Quillen. As we bring him on, I want to uh, remind everyone, I will be Friday, I'll be at Common Grounds, the coffee house, one of the great coffee houses in the state of Texas, but definitely uh, Central Texas over on the Baylor campus getting ready for that Iowa State game. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun over there, and I'll do the show at 3 o'clock. And, in fact, I'd love if Curtis is uh, – Curtis, you may be tethered to that uh, the studio, but, boy, if you're, in, if you're anywhere close to the Baylor campus, I want you to show up at Common Grounds, and for all the great work you do for this station, Curtis, I'm going to buy you a coffee or a frozen cappuccino. Whatever you need, it'll be on me. Uh, Curtis, even if you can't attend live, I'll still, like, bring you on to the next game or something, okay? I would assume, Curtis, well, I can't turn point, that down. You've had a uh, – have you had a Common Grounds coffee before? It's been a few years. It was, it's been a few years. I think I had it when I was covering something uh, the day before the 2016 presidential election. Um, and since then, um, especially, you know, when I was on the Baylor campus more after getting promoted two years ago, I was like, oh, you know, I might go to Common Grounds. And then TechStop ruined that plan for me. So I just haven't been able to go back yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to start going back, and, and I want to tell you that frozen cappuccino is so nice. And, uh, Curtis, that is a great place to get things done. You know, those those, uh, those wonderful scripts that you write and all the great writing that you do and everything. I could, I could even see some Channel 6 meetings taking place over there. So, uh, But I will be in town, and I will bring you a coffee, whatever you want, double latte, triple, triple hit of uh, espresso. Whatever. What is your coffee drink, Curtis? What's your go-to? Do you just do drip? I, I'm a cold brew guy. I like the I like the the caffeine punch. So I like something that's a little more caffeinated. I don't, I'm not one of those guys that drinks coffee for the taste. I drink it because I got to get stuff done, and yeah. so I like going to the stuff that's heavily caffeinated. I'm just glad that you're not quite as open with your beer drinking as uh, as your former colleague Nick Canizales. I. My gosh, he posts everything, every every beer he loves. It, it, as a good Baptist, it makes me very uncomfortable that he's out. He's that out front with it. All right, um, we've got we've got a lot to discuss. And uh, and by the way, uh, 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 Nikki Collins coming on after you, Curtis. So that'll be kind of fun. We'll have the oh, uh, some women's basketball talk, and we got those schedules. Now, do you like that? I saw that you retweeted the men's schedule earlier this week. Do you do you get excited, kind of like breaking down the schedules and? Do you kind of think, okay, this is what I'll be doing in February? Um, are, are you a guy that schedules things way out? Or do, you, do you devour these things? I absolutely love college basketball. I mean, for as much as uh, – I mean, you know how much I nerd out on high school football, especially Texas high school football. I'm the same way with, with college basketball, and I love looking at these schedules and kind of putting stuff on my radar like, oh, you know, this could be something that – you know, I uh, switch with Nikki that night and send her to anchor, and I'll go cover that game. Or, you know, this could be a really meaningful game. Maybe I anchor from that game and help Nikki cover it. Or, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that goes through my head when I'm seeing this stuff, and I look at some of the preseason projections. And um, that, you know, that game, that date with Chris Beard's Texas in Waco is an interesting game to me. That uh, that Kansas matchup is always an interesting one to me. And then, of course, and I love catching up with the with the radio crew for this one, but my alma mater, Oklahoma State, two of my mentors handle the radio broadcast for the Cowboys. And so, you know, what's Mike, uh, what's Mike Boynton going to do without Kate Cunningham? So all that stuff goes through my mind. And then, oh, also the women's schedule, how different is it going to be this year? Which matchups are a little more tantalizing 
um, this season, just given the way that the, the, the talent shift has gone with that one-time transfer waiver. Do you not allow yourself as an Oklahoma State graduate to kind of let maybe Nikki or Matt or somebody cover for you that night, put your put that kind of Halloween orange on and, and, and root for the old alma mater, or are you just too much of a newsman to do something like that? You know, honestly, I think if I were to do that, I would have to go to the game because I don't know that I would be getting married next summer if uh, <laughs> if I was sitting in front of the television watching it. I think yeah. I would drive my fiance nuts yeah. watching the game on the TV. And so this kind of forces me to kind of keep my composure, look at it at a more, oh, okay. uh, at a more broad perspective. But it's a cool yeah. job, too. I mean, when you, can get, when you can pay the mortgage to watch basketball and, and football and whatever else the sport may be, there's there's worse ways to make a living, Mosley. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would I'd like to I'd like to check into some others, see how they see how they are. But <laughs> I'm with you. They've, they've it's it's been covering it for a lot of years for for me as well. Okay, the uh, game of the week. Now you do. I mean, this this gets me excited. Uh, Friday night and and seeing kind of where Channel Six and where you guys are heading out to. The game of the week, West at Rogers. Okay, now what um, yes, what is it about this matchup that sort of grabbed your attention and 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 gave this the the coveted game of the week status? Because neither one of these teams is the quote unquote headliner in its region, but they both have really good chances to make deep runs into December once the playoffs roll around in their respective divisions. For West, it's three A Division One Region Two. You know. Who else lives there? The, grand, the, the two-time state champions recently in Grandview. Malakoff lives there. That's a really deep and loaded region. Teague lives there. Grosbeck lives there. There's a lot of talented teams. And West is kind of, I mean, not so much anymore because they did join the Dave Campbell rankings this week, but they're kind of flying under the radar. They're the team that isn't getting the attention that it probably should in that particular region. And it's one that, yeah, the worst defensive performance it's made came on a game scheduled late notice. It was scheduled, what, Wednesday or Thursday last week? They played it Saturday against Orange Grove. They let up 30 points. They still won by double figures. They've scored 40 points in every single game this year. Then, on the other hand, you've got Rodgers, kind of the, the dark horse in 3A Division II Region Four, that is really going to stay under the radar for one reason. Number one, Franklin is in Rogers' district, not just in the same region, but in the same district. And Rogers is a team, yeah, two and one, sure, but who's that one lost to? A 3A Division one that's still undefeated and has a chance to remain undefeated after tonight in, a, in the Academy Bumblebee. This is a defense that has allowed just over 20 points a game the past two weeks and an offense that's been able to eclipse the 40 mark. So there's so many really interesting storylines you look at the clash of styles, you have the pistol offense from Rodgers and the high-flying spread of David Woodard's squad up in West. And then you just factor in that um, it's going to be best on best. What's West's best attribute? It's its offense. They've scored 40 points all three weeks. What's Rodgers' best attribute? It's the defense. They contained Academy better than anybody else has this season. And at the same time, you look at what they do well, and it matches up with what West does well. There's a lot of really interesting aspects about this game for us that led us to choose it for our game of the week. You gave me the shivers every time you come on and mention Malakoff. 
it brings back tough memories of my alma mater, Kaufman versus Malakoff. Those old gym, they, they had the oldest basketball gym ever. And I don't know if that's documented, but uh, I, I, you, you would try to like go save a ball out of bounds, and the out of bounds was a wall. You know what I mean? Like, like literally Ooh. the out of bounds line was up against a wall. So any sort of trying to save something or whatever, you're just going straight up against a wall. That's how they built them. Like back in Hickory High, 1940s, 50s gyms, these things were right on top of you. So anyway, I think of, I, I hear Malakoff, I think of Cedar Creek, and I think of Marcus Hornbuckle. The Hornbuckle family, my gosh, Marcus <laughs> Hornbuckle was unstoppable. All right, a couple of these things. Uh, Waco High School, Mansfield. Got to get these Lions, got to get these, got to get this new coach going a little bit. Got to give Barfield and Tusa something to shout about over there. What are we, uh, what are we thinking about that one? You know, for this one, I think it's, there's talk that Mansfield could be down this year. And I think that, you know, now that we're going into district play, we'll find out in the next two weeks whether that's true or not. But Waco High, it's about taking the next step, right? You took your licks in non-district. Well, now the games matter. These are the first district games in our area this year is Waco High and Midway, both of which are at home tonight. And, you know, for Waco High, you took your licks, and now you got to go show everybody what it was that you did all of that for. Why did you go test yourself against teams like Hutto and West Mesquite? Why did you go and test yourself against Colleen? Because you needed to get the experience under your belt, find what you need to do better, and adjust. Getting ready for this game right here. Um, it's all about kind of – not just it's about furthering the development under Lyndon Health's philosophy. I think that there is even a world map where we talk, where we see Waco high lose this game and still say, Hey, they did what they needed to do and took that next step under Lyndon Health because I don't think I'm breaking any news when I say this program was not in a very good way when he got hired last spring. I think you're right. Man, I used to, God, back in the day, Lewis fight, some of the great ones over the years Waco produced. Some of the linebackers that came out of there before you were even born, Curtis, or about the time you were being born. Uh, was it Melvin, DeMelvin? No, Charles Foster. My gosh, they used to have some players. Charlie Horton. Charles Horton came out of there at some point, uh, as I recall. Just think all these players are coming back to me when I was at, was at Baylor. I think Charles Horton played at uh, Waco High School. All right. Salado at Mejia. I spend a fair amount of my time in Salado, Texas. Alan Hare, love him. Great, uh, really uh, tr- uh, tremendous coach, great character. What about that matchup? I'm very, uh, that one has my attention. This is kind of like a playoff game as far as preparation goes for Salado. Uh, you're coming off of two losses to two very, very good teams that are going to make deep runs into November, late November potentially even December when you lose at Grandview and at Stevensville. Um, for Salado, it's okay. We only have a couple games of film on Mejia because they just changed schemes for the second year in a row. Oh, and then a week before the season, what happened? They changed coaches again. So for Salado, you, you look at the, the prep preparedness for this game is how did we adjust to be only having a certain amount of time to really know who and what we're preparing for in this team. Mejia goes, plays Navasota last week at home, and it's a long ride from Black Cat Field down to, uh, well, we'll call it Johnny's uh, 
steaks and barbecue because the stadium's right across the street. And it's how does Mejia deal with that? You know, you're back on the road again, and your two road games have essentially been right down the street from each other at Belton High School and and down in Salado. For Salado, you've got to. I think Alan Hare, knowing him as well as I do, he's trying to show them, look, with with what we have to work with to get ready for this Mejia team. This is what we're going to be dealing with in the playoffs. And his team, I mean, his kids bought in from day one. There is a reason they are running the slot T six years into the Allen Hare era, even still. And there's a, a reason that they've had the success that they've had. They were 12 minutes from a playoff spot the only time they missed since he arrived. And I, I don't doubt that he'll have Salado prepared tonight. All right. I'm excited. Uh, all your coverage, you'll be out there in the field. Love it, uh, you and Nikki, Matt, the whole gang, and uh, uh, that'll, that's going to be fun. And always keep in mind, Curtis, uh, through your travels, I like Johnny's. I, I hate that they don't do breakfast tacos anymore. I used to love their brisket right. breakfast tacos. But uh, Sylvia's, that food truck, right down there, they'll park it in that little winery place. Um, I can't remember what that place is called. You know, I stay away from those types of places. But Sylvia's breakfast tacos, if you're ever down there in the morning time, now that, that is, a, and those are great friends and great listeners. So, anyway, just wanted to provide that tip. Uh, Curtis, have a great evening, okay? I appreciate it, Matt. We'll see you later.